0: Hello, SEO 101 listeners. WebmasterRadio.fm introduces over 101 reasons to love your smartphone even more. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. Listen to SEO 101 live every Monday or download thousands of past episodes or download shows like SEO Rockstars, Search Pulse, The Daily Search Cast, and more. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app for iTunes and Google Play now. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step4th Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. And I'd like to start by apologizing to our listeners for taking two whole weeks off there of our shows. It wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. In fact, this Monday we were going to do it, but uh, both John and I were on the road. So we could have kind of fudged it, but uh, we didn't want to waste your time. <laughs>
2: With, with neither, neither one of us sitting in front of computers would have made it hard. If one yes. of us had, had a computer, we probably could have gotten got done, done with it, got it through it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just been, yeah, it's summertime. You know, we're both, I was out with family finally on an actual trip on the long weekend, which was fun and both exhausting and fun. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: and I was but on was vacation good. playing music with my high school garage band. So there you go. of uh, 30 years go. ago.
0: <laughs> so I hope you forgive us. I know it's uh, a sporadic show. On most days, so uh, we 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 do try <laughs> to, to to get that out of to stop doing that, but anyway um, let 's get to the show so uh, one thing we'd had planned to talk about last week was this article uh, well the situation that we ran into here at Stepforth where uh we had an ex client come back to us and ask us to help him because he just gotten a link penalty now <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh.
0: I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know he's going to be listening to this, so you know. First of all, um, you know, whatever I say here, we are using the most confidentiality possible. I, uh, he's asked that we don't mention even even the company who's working with or any hints whatsoever, and that's cool. Uh, w- what we really wanted to do is get the word out about his situation so that others won't fall into it because it's happening too often. It's 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 insane. I, I, yeah, I I, try, I I get speechless if I don't watch out here. So, uh, essentially, he, he went with a, a, a cheaper link builder. And cheaper meaning about, uh, what did Scott figure out to be, uh, 8 cents or 10 cents per link? Holy crap, is that
2: cheap? Good yes. links should cost right around a 100 bucks a piece. Yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> once you put it on the labor and all the research and everything, there's a lot of work that goes into link building. If you're charging 8 cents, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what it worked out to because it was a $25, $27 a month. It was ridiculous. It was yeah, $0.10 cents per link. Yeah, there it, that's where it was. Um, you know, and I, I I helped Scott with his article. But anyway, and I, in there I mentioned how Eric Ward's link practices is a good example of what's good. But, you know, though you pay premium for that. It's a lot of work and a lot of experience. Now, uh the articles on our site says cheap link cheap link building ends badly for business and last we looked, we were in the top five for cheap link building, which I'm very happy about in Google because I want people to see this. I want them to get it before they hire a cheap link builder because they're out there and and what really pissed me off was hearing that when the client took his issues to this built link builder uh <laughs> He essentially said, uh, oh, that he got a penalty? He said, oh, yeah, I, I expected that. Uh, okay. Um, and what are you supposed to do? Well, what we do is we recommend that you um, you you shut down your Google Webmaster Tools account so that Google no longer has access to your data.
2: Yeah, which was totally ridiculous. <laughs>
0: Isn't
2: that insane?
0: I... I and and, and and to add more incredul- incredulity to it, I'm, I'm incredulous, so I'm trying to say this word, but to, to add more to this, is when I did research and I found out who this person was that was doing the work, I did research, and he is so highly respected in the link building world, not our link building where in this one forum, which is a very popular forum, I was
2: just floored. Well, well, can we step back to the part where he said... Um, shut down your Webmaster Tools account, <laughs> because when you and I were talking about this, earlier, your, your point was, was perfect. It's like, the Webmaster Tools account, if you shut it down, it doesn't mean they stop collecting data about you. Having access to your Webmaster Tools means you can see the data they're collecting about you. They will continue to collect and they will not stop collecting data about you. Just because you shut down Webmaster Tools doesn't mean they're going to stop. It means you just can't see it anymore. And so yeah. that's just a ridiculous way to, to say, oh, well, this will solve the problem. No, it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And, and it was, in fact, uh, it really, it's, it's tried to think of a word I can use that's not completely uh, litigious, but... Yeah.
2: <laughs> Disgusting. Ir- irresponsible. Hor- horrifying. Uh, <laughs> irresponsible is a good one. Yeah. Um, anyway, jackass thing to do. It, yeah, <laughs> I'll, exactly. I'll say all kinds of bad stuff about you. You could be, <laughs> be as nice as you want, but this guy's a dick. And yeah. if he continues doing this to businesses, we should run him out of town or something. Yeah. You know, this, well, this gives our entire industry a bad name, and it pissed me off.
0: Well, and what really pissed me off is is uh, Scott did a call. He tested them, and he called them up and he pretended to be a potential buyer. And I have the script that I'll show you sometime personally. But he um, he asks these questions. He says, well, you know, I don't understand. Your prices are so cheap. I really want good quality links here. How is it possible that you do it? Uh, he says, oh, they're good. We've been doing this a long time. And he goes, well, but I need relevant links. Oh, no, these aren't relevant.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Good, okay. Good, good quality non-relevant links is kind of like... <laughs> You know, military intelligence—it's an oxymoron. Uh, and, and I can say that because I was in military. That's what to say. So. <laughs> um,
0: and 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 then uh, he followed up by saying, "Well, uh, okay." Uh, but he says, "Well, we do a good job. This is good stuff." And <laughs> he continued to tear it apart. And ultimately, he said, "No, you know what? If you, if you really want high quality links, you should go elsewhere." And yet. He's selling this stuff like hotcakes because people don't understand. I, it just, And he says, you know, everyone should understand that there's a, a high risk of being penalized by using those tactics. Are you really putting that out first when you talk to people? I don't think you are. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, just shady as it gets. I just can't believe it. And I, this poor client is now in, in, a, in a really bad state. He's got this, this penalty, um, and, and we had to convince him. Uh, over a bit of time, I'll think Scott did, that we were the people to trust, and I'm hoping that that panned out, that he does believe that in the end, because uh, he was you know, backing up this person, because I guess he'd done a really good sales job. Um, and was, no, and then we did a little research, and we found that a lot of the links were adult links, and that some of them were mentioning his business name in the bio of adult people surfing adult sites, Wow, and that that was the end of it. That was I know when our client really got mad <laughs> at him.
2: Ugh. Anyway, it's, just... it's really interesting how some people who do link building don't take context in, 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 in keep context in mind at all when link building. You know, relevancy is good, but context is important as well. So the adult thing is kind of one example of context. You know, just ignoring context. But I actually had an instance a while back. Where I was working with a university, major university. This major university had just recently had some some very public problems with alcohol abuse on the campus, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know it it was well known. It wasn't something that was hidden, and and that was talked about as possibly something we can you know something that can be part of. This uh, link building campaign. Um, in the beginning, you know, you know, talk about this issue. So the the the, the link building knew this was an issue. There was no question at all. They knew this was an issue, but what they didn't go that direction. What instead they decided to do was do some infographics. Well, one of the infographics ended up talking about something. and I won't get into the details, but it was basically um, how to pick up girls when they're drunk.
3: Oh, and you know,
2: yeah, and it's like they didn't even think about the context of that, based on the other issues this university is already having. So it, it would probably would have been a great infographic, you know, for like. Um, CollegeHumor.com or some other site that—that's the kind of kind of stuff they do. If they made it funny, you know that kind of thing. But for this university that had a specific problem, it was totally inappropriate. And many, many link builders, many, many content creators—even sometimes they're just doing it off the fly—don't take context in, into consideration. And it's something that should really, the you know, relevancy is important, but context is important from the business standpoint of link building as well. Hmm. Wow.
0: Uh, yeah, it just uh, renders you speechless, doesn't it? I, I just can't believe this stuff. But um, in, in the end, uh, we've we've sent uh, our client to uh, David Harry. So hopefully, you know, David, he, he has the fun end of things. He likes doing forensic uh, SEO, so I hope he enjoys this. It's going to be a tough one, though.
2: Yeah. And uh, not, not too many better people you could send him to.
0: No, and that's uh, just to give him a pitch because he, he does a great job. Is reliable-seo.com. He, uh, he's, he's quite prominent in the uh, forensic SEO. So in other words, helping people out with penalties. So yeah,
2: he's, he's actually been pretty active on our Google Plus uh, community in the past few weeks, so it's good to have him in there giving advice and talking. So yeah, He's a good guy.
0: All right, so let's so take a quick break, uh, and then when we get back, let's, start, uh, let's talk about some of the crappy SEO pitches that are out there. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty funny
3: one by Danny Sullivan.
1: SEO 101 will be back right after recess. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Search Kingdom. We explore the world of search marketing, give in-depth analysis inside the important industry headlines, and interview with the most important industry thought leaders. Search Kingdom. On demand inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing Inc. Now, John, you wrote down the—I uh, guess it was the title of the one that Danny Sullivan
2: wrote about Scott. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it went really well with the the article that Scott had written on your site. You know about you know it's amazing to me when I talk to small business owners and, and I talk to people—they get pitched. SEO and PPC, literally, and this is no exaggeration, literally 10 times a week, someone is calling them up, pitching them on these products. There's, there's, there's a ton of companies out there that are doing this for like, you know, there's, there's companies like Yodel and YellowPages.com and Orange Soda, that they have these big machines of sales forces that they, they have highly, highly automated and customized not even customized, I mean, the, the pitches are custom. I mean, they're very specific, you know, scripts that you guys go through. They have big call centers, and they're just calling and calling and calling and selling this stuff and trying to sell SEO and social and PPC and all this. And um, so people are getting hit with these things every day, it seems like small businesses are. So if you're a business or you're an SEO, it's really interesting to to, to read these articles um, about, you know, what's a bad pitch because if you're a business, you know, things to look out for, and if you're a real SEO trying to do real business, things to stay away from, so when you're talking about your business and services. And he, it was funny because he, he had, they had a, who was it? It was Danny posted this pitch that he got uh, um, through the mail, um, and it was a pretty short pitch, maybe three or four paragraphs, A so very, you know, it, when you first read it, you think, this, this seems like, you know, a real person writing a real pitch, And then he he walked through the different warning signs on this pitch that it's obviously a spam. Uh, First one, first thing, always if it's unsolicited, if it just shows up in your email, you you don't any any you know qualms about just deleting it without even reading it. Just you know, if it's not something you've asked to see, or if you're looking for, the odds are that you're not going to want to read it anyway. Um, But that's 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 just common sense these days. If you're getting emails from somebody you don't know, don't even open them because you're probably going to get something attached to your computer from that point on. Um, and then the, the next warning sign that pulled out of this one, there was no company made. It was a very personal, personal email. It was very conversational. You know, it, it, was, it was good from that perspective, but nowhere in the entire pitch did they mention the name of the company. Which is a big warning sign. If they're not even going to talk about who, say who they are, then, then either they're ashamed of who they are, they don't want you doing a research, or it's like a third party agent trying to sell somebody else's services. Um, that's warning sign number two. Warning sign number three is they, it didn't demonstrate that it did any research, um, on, on his, his business, his companies. So, um, without reading the whole thing, it's hard to just, describe that one too much but you know there, there's definite ways to show that you've done a little bit of research before you reach out to a business and say hey we want to help you and this one did not do any of that this one and then the fourth one was which I thought was kind of funny um there's a fake address so people will actually put hey you know this is this is my name and address you know it, it seems like a real person because they've included an address. And you automatically kind of think, oh, this, this must be legit because they wouldn't put an address if, if they weren't legit because then we could get them. But it's a fake address. You go look up on Google. You go look up, you know, Google has no idea that it's there or you look up the address and it's a mall or something like that. So that's, that's something to look out for. And then the final most obvious sign, actually not the final, but the most obvious sign was he got the same pitch, same exact pitch, from four different people at four different addresses. (laughs) So it was obviously automated. Um, He was on multiple lists, apparently, and it was exactly the same thing. So that's a huge sign. If you get the same pitch from different people and it's exactly the same, it's just trash them all. And then the last one was it's a disposable email. Um Gmail accounts, Hotmail accounts, Yahoo accounts, um out, even Outlook.com now. If they're really what we call disposable email accounts. You can sign up, use it for a day and then you never have to look at it back at it if it gets put on a list or something. So uh you know, there's there's a lot of things to look for when Either you're getting these pitches or if you're actually an SEO and you're trying to pitch, make sure.
3: If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new Pumpkin Cream Cold Brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam. And our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkins treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin' like our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Pumpkin spice signature latte. And our perfectly pumpkin treat. America runs on Duncan price and participation may vary limited time offer exclusions apply.
2: You don't do some of this stuff you know putting your address is a great idea. It shows that you're a real company, a real person It helps build a little bit of trust but use a real one that's your actual address you know um, Use your company's email address do some research, um, tell people who you are um you know and unsolicited is a little hard to get around if you're actually sending out cold, It's kind of like cold calls from back in the cold, cold call day um but you can you can do things like um like on Ross's site he has a newsletter sign up people put their email address in once they ask for information from you like a newsletter then it's not really considered unsolicited as much because now they've asked to have contact with you and now you can you know, say hey thanks for signing up my newsletter here's what we can do for you that kind of thing yeah, so, yeah, it's it it makes sense because cause it's getting harder and harder to to get business using these kind of cold call methods in the SEO space. It really is, and it's because of this kind of crap that Danny's posting about, where people are just flooding you know the market and flooding the the business prospects with crappy stuff and crappy proposals and stupid phone calls. It's just harder and harder to break through all that noise to 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 say, hey, look, we're a real company and we can really help you. It's really tough these days.
0: One of the ones we're getting slammed with, um, I think it stopped maybe about three weeks ago, but it was going on for a good six months. It's every day, and uh, as I say it, I get a phone call, but it's not them. Um, <laughs> every <laughs> there day they are right now. Get, yeah, we get a call, and it's from this automated thing. Would you like to be number one on Google? And it goes
2: on and on. Just press one.
0: <laughs> You're like, uh, no, don't. No one press one, so, so
2: wait, So wait a minute. If you want to be number one on Bing, do you press two? Because <laughs> two is not number one. That's gamer I love
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that came to mind when you were mentioning about uh, emails as such is, um, wouldn't it be a logical move? You know, again, this is going to be in the future, a fair bit in the future, but for Google to take what they are learning about people's email addresses using Google+, and adding some credibility factor to the email that comes into you from people who have established authorships?
2: See, I, I think I think it's not just email. It's it's everywhere that you're identified. When, the, when you establish authorship, you, you know when you do your Google profile, that little section at the bottom that says, I'm a publisher on this site and this site and this site. In that whole profile view, it also allows you to connect all your social accounts. So you're, when there's information coming from those social accounts, in email addresses, I think all that will be tied into your authority yeah. through authorship at some point. Absolutely. Well, yes, of course. We talked about that before. I'm just saying, like, in yeah. email, though,
0: wouldn't it be awesome for incoming email for, to have some kind of, uh, not a verified sign, that would be cheesy, but some way to uh, order, perhaps, the email by reliability or mm-hmm. by quality? based on the person's exposure and profile online. I don't know. It would be interesting. Already
2: do, I would think they already do some of that in the spam filtering, especially in, like, Gmail, because Gmail spam filtering is fairly good. Yeah, um, true. I, I know the spam filtering inside of the communities in Google Plus is great. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they already do a version of that in the spam filtering stuff. But t- I don't know whether or not it's tied into authorship, which is an interesting concept. So there's mm. there's all kinds of ways you can go out and get... There's tons of lists of email addresses and domains. On, there's there's blacklist email lists everywhere, whitelist email addresses everywhere. And I'm sure they access a lot of those when they're spam filtering. Um, but you're right. I, I think the the authorship and author rank type of things could easily enhance spam filtering.
0: Yet another reason people should be on Google+. Plus. Yeah. I mean, be it's true. just a no-brainer. Well, let's take a quick break. and we get back, we got some questions we're going to answer.
1: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
3: Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing.
1: Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio.
3: It's time to get Fired Up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Our host, Gordon Rudell, will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Fired Up with Gordon Rudell, on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm.
1: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. This has been uh, lots of good stuff today, I think. it's And there's tons more we've got here, but uh, we wanted to start with some questions. Um and I guess we'll start at the bottom here, John, since we kind of went back. Um, one of them is uh, from Craig Moore. He says, here's a tricky duplicate content question. I love those. <laughs> one of the sites I run sells fishing flies. I want to add a famous quote from the father of modern fly fishing, Sir Isaac Walton. Uh, I'm not even going to try this quote. <laughs> uh, oh, what the hell? Quote. It's quote-unquote, oh, Sir Doubt. Not that angling is an art. Is it not an art to deceive a trout with an artificial fly?
2: <laughs> okay. Quote and yeah. quote.
0: The problem is that this quote has been used on other fishing sites. Will Google give me a penalty? Uh, how should I deal with quotes? And Okay, first of all, no. Uh, I guess I could be more direct, but I mean, unless the entire page was just... Just like no next question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the page if the page only had that quote yes but i mean it's a component of a page and it's it's a quote i mean it, you've got quotes around it they can see that that particular markup uh it's pretty obvious what it is um, I, I, yeah.
2: And unless you're trying to rank for that quote, it's I don't think you're going to have a big impact. If you're trying to rank for that quote, then you're probably going to have a problem with like quote sites and other places. Um, but unless that is the topic of the page is the quote, if that's the topic of the page and the only thing you're probably trying to do is rank for that quote, then, then you'll have an issue. But if it's not the topic of the page, it's just something you want to add for flavor and, and for your users and it's on a page that's... <clears throat> about maybe a product or or a, a, you know descriptive reviews of a particular thing, then you're not going to have a problem at all because that's not what the page is about. Um, <laughs> the the interesting thing that most people may or may not realize is that Google really ha- is very very good at segmenting an individual page into pieces. And if that quote is like up in the header or in its own little sidebar or something like that, it'll be handled separately in most cases from the rest of the content of the page. So yeah, they might see this as yeah, there's people, with quotes all over the place, and they might disregard it. But it's not going to hurt you because that's not, you know, that's a little teeny piece of what's on your page. Well, and also keep in mind, and,
0: and we, it, this seems to cycle in the world of SEO, a uh, uh, basic SEO anyway. It's not a penalty anyway. It's it's a devaluing, an algorithmic devaluing of the content. Um, I mean, if you were trying to get the page to rank, like you said for that quote, but your page was almost hundred uh, percent a passage from that particular poem, or if that was just one component of it. I don't know anything about this. Uh, <laughs> and maybe it was a whole page from the book. Well, then yeah, that's duplication, and it's 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 not going to hurt you. It's just simply not going to rank. Or it'll be considered, okay, this is a low-quality page on your site, big deal. Let's go on to the other pages. Google isn't that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and he has a point at the bottom of his question where he says, if this is a problem, it will affect many education websites that deal with quotes from literary sources like Shakespeare plays. Are they all going to get a penalty? And to your point about penalties, not a penalty to filter. But there's a big difference between an educational site talking about the author of a quote and using a quote and, and really um, trying to get ranked for that quote versus a fly fishing site that's just putting a quote on a page to add some color to the site. You know, there's a big difference between the two that the usage of those quotes because you know, unless you're going to go into Sir Isaac Walton's history and and the, the history of this quote and what he was talking about and the philosophy behind it and why art, um, you know, is related to fly fishing. And if that's what you're doing, then, you know, you're going to have a bunch of other content on there anyway. All those educational sites will have a bunch of other content on there anyway. If the quote's the only thing that's duplicated which it probably should be if, if you're really educating you're not going to copy other people's information then that's a very small piece of the content of the page that's just not going to have an impact it really won't mm-hmm. yeah great thank you for the question craig it's uh, don't get me wrong it's a good question it's
0: i know that's something a lot of people ring up um sorry if i was short on it i just i uh, think we've heard it too many times and and I, yeah. it's easy to do that, <laughs> um, but no, it's a very good one. So the next uh, question I – I I'd like yes. to do
2: the one we did from – because I put it up at the top, even though it was an older question from a few weeks ago from Facebook. We actually got a good question from Facebook. Oh, sure. um, we haven't had one of those in a while because everybody's going to Google+, but we want to recognize our Facebook fans too, even though we're trying to push them to Google+. Um, uh, Richard Fagan Facebook, he, he's like, um, I have a good topic for your show. I run an e-commerce site with about 10,000-plus products. We continually get product um, page URLs showing up in Google Webmaster Tools under crawl errors, not found items that were discontinued from our site. We can't 301 these as they may be sold again in the future. Do you have any recommendations how on other e-commerce site vendors handle this? And I thought that was a great question because really what he's asking, he's saying is he's got a product that he's selling, and he wants it ranked, and he gets it ranked um, or crawled and indexed. He's got this page of this product, but it goes out of stock, so he can't put the product up on his website anymore because he doesn't have it in stock. He just pulls the product down, and now, all of a sudden, Google's seeing this as a crawl error because they can't find the page. Um, It's not found, but he doesn't want to 301 those as a permanent redirect because at some point, he'll get it in stock again, and the product page will come back up. I've, I've seen many times in the past, and there's really two basic ways to handle this, depending on what you can do technology-wise. Um, the first, from a purely techn- technology standpoint, is no, you do not want to put a 301 redirect there to like maybe the category page, because that is a permanent redirect. But this is absolutely the perfect example of usage of a 302 redirect. That's a temporary redirect. It does not remove the page from the index, but it temporarily, um, you know, Puts that weight on the category page or whatever. So when the when the item does come back in stock and that page does come back and the 302 goes away, it's already indexed. It's already there. The history is still there, and it comes back and it performs the way it would have before. So it's a perfect, perfect example of when you absolutely want to use a 302 redirect. If you can't do that from a technology standpoint, if you can't implement a 302 redirect, what you do, in my, what, I, what I recommend is you. Um, and it, you have a template that you use on your website page for products that are not in stock. And all you do is switch the template for that product and, and you take away pricing, you take away the buy now button or whatever it is to actually put it in a shopping cart. And you put something that says temporarily out of stock, you know, check back later, but you keep the page there and just make it so they can't put it in the cart and it, it, you indicate that it's out of stock and that way you you don't lose the the rankings, you don't lose the history in Google, you don't lose the the equity you build up on that page. Do you have any other that, thoughts, Ross? Is there other things you can do?
0: Yeah, one of the things I, I like to do, I I never like to take a, a customer and, and send them elsewhere. So what we, we generally do when I'm working on a commerce site is we make sure that that page they find, yes, says, uh, sorry, we're out of stock at this moment. I give them the option to... If 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 the functionality is there and if it's important enough product, some things are worth the money um, to to add a, a a reminder. So place your email here to be reminded when the the product does come back into stock. But that's that's just one side benefit. The main thing I have below there is, uh, however, maybe you may be interested in these comparable items, and they can click on those and go to them. Um, yep. Yeah.
2: But, but the, I think you're, you and I are on the same page. The idea is don't take the page away. There's no. most likely a way to change the content of the page so that it's still indexed, it still describes your product, but it's still useful for a user in some way or another. And if for some reason you're, you can't do that and you have to take the page down, use a 302, not a 301 redirect to go to the category level of whatever that product was in.
0: Yeah, 302s are so rarely used, I think, because we've almost done too good a job of pitching 301s.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, but but it, honestly it's it's there's there's not too many examples of cases where 302 is the right redirect to use and this is really a good example to let people know that it's not something you never use it's just you know, depending on what your situation is, it, it could potentially be the right solution. Just remember the big history of 301 and 302. 301 is a permanent redirect. It deletes the old page from the index and transfers all the equity to the new page, which is very useful. But a 302 is a temporary redirect to where you expect that page to come back sometimes. So you want to retain the equity on that page in search. So when it does come back, it still has strength in search. Perfect. Nicely done. Well, thank you,
0: Richard. It was uh, great to have your, your question, and I uh, hope you, you post some more. It was a good one. Well, uh, the time has come. It's hard to believe, but uh, the end of the show. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our community, Plus, our community page on Google+. Plus. Just go to uh, Google+, Plus and type in SEO 101. You'll find us nice and quickly. Uh, you can also email me via ross at stepforth.com or contact John via Twitter at John Carcutt. Our show is on every Monday, uh, should be on every Monday, at <laughs> 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on webmasterradio.fm. And we're going to do our best to get back on schedule
2: again. Have a great week. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody.